and I know we did this already, but can we do it again because you were, you were sitting down, you're in the middle. Can we welcome all of our online audience today? We're just so glad you're with us. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month as well. I'm going to uh, sport pink in some way, shape, or fashion all month. I encourage you to do uh, the same thing. And for those who have gone through it, who may be going through it of, of some sort, we stand with you, we pray with you, we believe God with you. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's always become more important to me because it touched our family and uh, we saw the hand of God do such great things, and we know he can for, for everyone. This month, again, uh, as Pastor Aaron said, Water Baptism Month. Let, let me make this very clear. If you have not given your life to Jesus and you want to get water baptism, water baptism in and of itself, apart from your relationship with God, will do nothing for you. You'll go down dry and come up wet. But when you know Christ as your Savior... I don't care, you know, how early, if you just met him, if you made a decision for him, maybe you say, well, pastor, you, I've, I've made this mistake and that mistake. He's okay with that. He's working on your life. But you need to make him number one. You need to give your life to him. And you can do that. In fact, if you didn't raise your hand earlier when I said that, come down afterwards. Somebody will pray with you, lead you in that, just like... Young man came up to me after the first service. He said, I signed up for water baptism, but I've never given my heart to Jesus. And we made sure of that right then and there. Let me read this scripture, 2 Corinthians 3. Nevertheless, when, the, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He goes on to say, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. He changes you from glory to glory. And part of water baptism is you making that decision for him to continually <coughs> change your life and impact you as an individual, because water baptism is an act of faith and obedience in the commands of Christ. Listen to this last scripture. One of the last things Jesus spoke in Matthew 28, 19, he said, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always, even to the end of of the age. This is an important moment. For some, I've met people through the years that have made this commitment and, and walked through this, and it has radically changed their life. They marked that moment in their life where everything changed at that moment. So again, there's sign up in the back. I want to encourage you to, to do that. And I, I want to take a moment and just thank everybody for the cards, the gifts, the coffee. I had more coffee stacked up on my table last Sunday than I, than I have all year, and I loved every minute of it. Um, thank you for, for that. Thank you for the kindness that all of you showed. It was just so beautiful. And then last, again, Pastor Aaron said this, but I, I want to do this. Uh, uh, Pastor Ryan, Stan, and Karen Sherwood came up to me. They are snowbirds. They go to Florida. They said, when I heard you say, 
this morning in November 3rd. He said, we were going to leave November 1st, but we're going to stay because we can't miss seeing what God's going to do in, in Ryan. Come on. So that's a Thursday night. We have guests from all over the Western New York region going to be here, but you're the most important, and we want you here. Amen. How many Bills fans do we have in the house this morning? I want you to amen me and clap that good while I'm preaching as you are going to for the Bills later on today. And I want to commend all of you for, I, I know with some people, the Bills, they're, they're just incredible. They, they're a force in of themselves. If people, if the game is at 4, 1, 8, they get up in the morning and they don't go to church because they got to cook and they got to do some other things. I want to commend you all for being here in the house of God this morning. Amen. And if you're watching at home and that didn't include you, that's not because you're bad. It's just this is the best choice. Lord, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. This, about a little less than two weeks uh, from today ago, our nation suffered a hurricane, Hurricane Ian, that has left so many devastated by its effects. Not only has there been massive property loss, but it is also uh, reported that there is literally land loss. That some of the islands, one of them that you know, we just love, Sanibel Island, is just completely destroyed, and there's some of the land there that is gone from the effects of that. And what's even more heart-wrenching is the loss of life with numbers rising every day. It took a, a special um, toll on us in that our granddaughter, Judah, is in school in Fort Myers, and I'm going to tell you, brought her grandfather and her grandmother to our knees to, to pray for her, which she is and what she was. She was in the 4% that never lost power. I thank God for that. And amen. And being a Western New York person all of my life, being aware of the power of a hurricane, I, I've, I really never uh, understood everything about it. And I've heard this now, and I've been made aware of this statement so much that winds cause damage, but flooding takes lives. Because the flooding, the power of the flood, it goes everywhere. I watched videos, um, not only on the news, but some on YouTube, where people had hurricane-proofed their house, or they built it hurricane-proof. And there was videos where the water was coming in a little hole in the door, like a keyhole. It was, it was squirting right through. Another one where I saw it came up like two feet on windows, hurricane-proofed. But after a while, the power of that flood broke those windows and completely devastated the home. Some, uh, I heard that the, the, the water rose over 20 feet in some areas. Well, what happens when the enemy comes in like that in our lives? When you and I experience moments in our lives where it seems like 
a flood comes into our lives and, and rises in our own personal lives. And I want to tell you today, I would love to tell you that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, that you will never have a cloudy day in your life. I'd love to tell you that today. And some people do. They say, come to Jesus and you'll walk on rose petals the rest of your life. I wish I could tell you that with honesty and truth, but the Bible says in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. And one of the key words in that whole verse, and I don't particularly like it, is the word when. I wish it said if or maybe when the enemy comes in, but the Bible says here very clearly, and he speaks about the story surrounding what Isaiah was going through at the time, when the enemy comes in. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The Living Bible says it this way, be careful, watch out for attacks from Satan, your great enemy. And let me, let me just insert that. There's people, Christian people, that don't think there is a devil, there is an enemy. And it doesn't matter whether you think that or not. The reality of it is there is one and he hates you and he exists to torment you and to come into your life and try to mess you over to the best that he can. Well, here's the scripture. Watch out for the attacks from Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion looking for some victim to tear apart. I'd love to soften this blow up to you in some way, shape, or form. But if I do that, when he does come in, you'll be shocked and you won't be ready. The day that you became a Christian is the day the enemy engaged on planning flooding in your life. And I've heard for years people say things like, well, before I was saved, I never had these problems. You had the problems. You didn't realize that you were on this, this, this pathway sliding down the slide into a Christless eternity. And I'm, I'm making that sound nice to you because people don't like it when they say, if you don't give your life to Christ, you're going to spend eternity apart from him in the lake of fire that never stops burning. That's the truth. That's what the Bible says. And we were on our way to that. And Peter, he tells us to be careful and don't make decisions that will put you in the ring with the hungry, attacking lion. And you know, I've, again, I've heard so many things. Well, it is a roaring lion, but it, you know, and maybe I've used it too. He doesn't have any teeth. Let me tell you something. When you face the enemy, he's, whether he's got teeth or not, his objective is to tear your life apart and to hurt you. And you and I can be living and you can be doing everything right and still be affected by the flood. And it's not because you're evil or you're bad. And again, I've seen being a little older comes with great benefits because you hear and you see things through the years. I've We've had people, I've, I've seen them, if something happens into a family, these well-meaning, no, they weren't well-meaning, they were 
possessed of the devil, they would say things like, they must be in sin. They must be doing something. You don't have to be in sin for the enemy to attack you. He will attack you when you're walking straight before God. He will come in like a flood. He is not concerned and he's not after just the people that make mistakes. He is after whosoever it is that calls on the name of the Lord. Because you have Jesus living inside of you. This quote from Thomas Watson, a 17th century speaker, he said, A thief will not assault an empty house, but only where he thinks there is treasure. Satan does not tempt God's children because they have sin in them, but because they have the grace of God inside of them. And that's why the enemy goes after you. Not because, you know, you're bad or you did this or you're something. He goes after you because of who is inside of you. The Bible says in Psalm 110 verse 3, you know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his and we are his people. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.13, you belong to Christ Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.23, you belong to Christ. Come on, are you glad to hear that this morning? 1 Corinthians 6.19, I love what Paul says here. And the older that I get, I hear people who are my age, younger, older, that I'm at an age now where I can do what I want, go where I want, act the way I want, and I don't care what anybody says about that. That's not right. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, Do you not know your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, who you receive from God, and you are not your own? You have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Come on today. And the Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the Christ in you that the enemy hates. It's the Jesus inside of you that he wants to destroy. It's not because you're this or you're that. You know, my family was this way or this one did this. It's because he hates you because of your value to the world and to the Lord. I read this, uh, this story about uh, an auction in New York City years ago. Sotheby's auction sold some items. One of them, Napoleon's toothbrush sold for 21000 Jackie Onassis's fake pearl necklace, $215,000. Fake. Can you imagine husbands of your wife came home So I bought these. These used to belong to Jackie. They're not real, but we only paid $215,000 for them. John F. Kennedy's wooden golf clubs at auction, $750,000. And what makes the value of these items realized is not what they were, but it's whose they were. You see, in yourself... You are nothing. In fact, I read this last week, 1 Peter 2.10. You were once not even a people, but now because you have made Christ your Savior and your Lord, 
now you are the people of God. And you have value beyond anyone's comprehension because you belong to Christ. Come on today. If you receive that, give him a good praise. And the flood comes, the attacks come because of whose you are. And what, what does God do when this happens? He doesn't run away from you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't just let you go to figure it out for yourself. The Bible says the second part of the verse is he raises a standard against the devil. And the word standard there is, is like a signal. It's like a flag that he, he steps in in the middle of your flood and he places this flag down to tell everybody this is a signal that all of heaven all of God's power, His angelic hosts are behind you when you are in the middle of the flood. When you are in the middle of whatever it is, the addiction, the depression, the sickness, the fear, the loss, the hurt, the pain, whatever you're facing, the Spirit of the Lord will come in the midst of that when you open your life up to Him, when you allow Him to, when you take time, instead of complaining and saying, Jesus, here I am, I don't know what's happening, but I need your help. He comes and he sets the flag in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your flood, and he says, I'm here, all of heaven is with you, this will not take control of your future. That's good preaching, Pastor Marty, I like that myself. <clears throat> it's a signal for all the troops to rally. And the Bible says in Psalm 29, it said the Lord sat as king at the flood. King James says king over the flood. Yes, the Lord sets as king forever. The Lord will give strength and the Lord will give you peace. He'll give you strength and he'll give you peace. And in your flood, in your challenge, he raises the standard to remind you and I, he is king forever. I just want to close with these Four little thoughts here. Pastor Ryan, come up. Sarah, come up to the keyboard. When you are in the middle of the flood, learn this, know this. It's not the people. It's a spiritual attack in your life. You know, the enemy may use people, but you've got to know he's behind the people. I, I was telling this to my wife. I don't know what I'm bringing it up for. Maybe, maybe somebody here. I was coming home from the gym couple weeks ago, coming up to that light opposite where the Batavia Downs is, there was a line of cars. I just went to the right side. I saw the light was going to change. I took my opportunity, go past the big line of cars that had been sitting there, and just go out in front. That's who I am. Like it or not, I'm a little aggressive. I didn't break any law. This guy that I got in front of, he swung around by me when he got up to that next light. He got in front of me, put on his brakes. I'm like, okay. He's going down the road. I'm, I'm just trying to be nice. He's swerving in front of me. Okay. Actually, it wasn't okay right then. I was thinking all kinds of things. And then he goes and he pulls in the settlers. And as I'm going slowly, I look out and he's giving me the finger like I did. So, so right then and there, I was thinking, do I turn my car around? Do I wage that war myself? You can laugh. There's not a man in here that hasn't thought the way I'm thinking right now. 
Thank you, honest men. The rest of you liars. I had to think right there. Do I turn my car around and just go say, what's up, dude? Or do I keep going and realize he's not the, he's not the enemy. It was a ploy from the enemy to, to throw me off for the whole day, the whole week. God only knows what would have happened. I would have pulled up there, probably got in a fight, picture in the paper. None of you would have your picture in the paper. They'd all be up there taking my picture. Pastor beats up guy after Sunday morning service. I kept right on going because I've got to learn. The Bible says, Paul says in Ephesians 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers and dark places. People are not your issue. Number two, you can't fight spiritual attacks with a natural response. The weapons that we fight with, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, they are, with, are not the weapons of the world. You want to ream somebody out, you want to yell at somebody, you want to give them a piece of your mind, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You're, you're fighting the wrong enemy. But the weapons that we use have divine power. When I spend time in prayer and fasting and worship and in the house of God and the manifest presence begins to enter in my life and take over that situation, my future changes. My flood begins to recede. Number three, you can't give up in the middle of the flood. You can't give up. You can't go back. You can't say, you know, I've had enough of this. I've, where are you going to go to? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Back to a life of messed up, jacked up from the floor up living? There's nothing back there. But the hope of glory is in front of you. And you need to keep on moving forward because he is the Lord. He is the king on top of your flood. He will give you the strength that you need. He will give you the peace that you need. You can't give up. You can't back down. You can't stop now. And then number four, you're going to love this. We get stronger in the flood. Did you hear me? I said we get stronger in the flood. I don't like, I don't like floods. I don't like all that. I don't like that. And I don't particularly care for this scripture, but it's the truth. And it's happened in my life. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8, he said three times, now, Regardless of what your theology is behind, people want to argue stuff away and make you think like life is just going to be perfect if you're a Christian. No, you're never going to have a challenge. But when the challenge comes, I found out that those television preachers are nowhere around to help me through the flood that I'm trying to swim through and to get to the safe side of life. He said three times, I asked the Lord, take it away from me. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will more gladly, I will boast more gladly about my weakness. Not about, oh, well, this is happening to me. I got this going on. You know, there my car's broke down, my house is not the, I can't pay this, oh God, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying in the middle of all of that that's going on, that his power is made 
more known in your life than at any other moment. He's saying when you're hurt, when you've been rejected, when depression is trying to overcome you, you just stand up and say, God, I thank you that you are on the flood. You are Lord over the flood of my life. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving me strength. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving me peace. You're not lying. You're declaring what God said he is and will do in your life. And then he goes on to say, therefore, I'll boast more, more gladly about my weakness. Again, we don't glorify the weakness. He says, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. It's some of my most destitute moments in my life. When I made the decision not to trust in my own ability, but to trust in God's ability, I felt strength begin to flood my life. I felt hope come into my life. I felt freedom come into my life. I felt deliverance come into my life. I felt the love and the life of Christ begin to come into my life. Because the Bible goes on to say, I delight in my weakness and insults and hardships and persecution and in difficulties. For when I am weak, I'm strong. Come on. Come on today. I said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. How many strong people in Jesus are in this house today? Come on, let me hear a great praise in this house. Come on, right. Spirit of the living God, have your way in every life and in every heart. Now I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said me. On the mountain I will bow my life to the one who set me there. In the valley I will lift my eyes to the one who sees me there. Sing it. When I'm standing on the mountain, didn't get there on my own. When I'm walking through the valley, I know I am not alone. Tell them, God of the hills, hills and valleys, God of the hills and valleys. I am not alone, and God of the hills and valleys, hills and valleys, God of the hills. Valleys. I am one more time. Come on, tell them. God of the hills and valleys. Hills and valleys. God of the hills and valleys. I am not alone. Father, we cling to your scripture, to the word of God this morning. Cling to your Holy Spirit. Thank you that your word said that ministering angels are sent to those who hold salvation. Thank you for that word. I pray for angel encounters this week. Ministering angels. If, if that's your prayer, just wave to heaven this morning. In Jesus' name, in this place, and those watching, we declare it, and we're thankful for it. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen this morning. It's been great to be in the Lord's house. Those of you that are watching from home this morning, God bless you. And one more thing, go Bills. Amen.
Presence is 
Stay. 